You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Literary Briefs Edition, where none of us are wearing underwear. Just kidding. That's not a true mm-hmm. statement, but it might be a true statement. I'm going to find out. Okay. I am your host, Erica mm-hmm. Lance. My amazing co-host today is Daniela Orsino. Do not forget to like and subscribe to us. We would really appreciate it. That does wonderful things for us. And our sponsor today is Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Buy your friends and relatives their amazingness and get that for them as gifts because it is pure awesomeness. Now, we've already done his first episode, but the second episode with the first ever voiceover artist in the history of Drinking With Authors. I feel like we need the Rocky song to come in here. I know. This and be like, I'm not doing the the Rocky song. Maccabee Griffin. Woo! Woo! Yo, Adrian, we did it! There we go. Now they're gonna have Rocky I don't know that they'll put it in. Now we gotta pay. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to. It was less than than three seconds, so you don't have to worry about it. We're good. And we were talking about the song as we were doing it, so technically we're okay. I learned that on the Scrubs podcast. There you go. Okay. So with that said, now that got all the legalese out of the way and we can't be sued hopefully um let's talk about what we're drinking so i'm at the very end of my second flat rock cider company cherry poppins which is um it's it's a cherry hard cider i'd like to say more about that but it's literally apple cider with cherries in it so it's um pretty awesome there are um, North Carolina apples too. So that makes Ooh. super, I don't know why that's super special. I don't know. I've seen a lot of apple orchards up here. So there's that. Danielle, what are, I don't, okay, before I keep going, what are you drinking? I've got a chai latte in my special Disney cup from the uh, Snow White Witch. Yay. Very cool. McAbee, what are you drinking? I am drinking Barg's Red Cream Soda root beer. Ooh, very very cool, very cool. Okay, rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Okay, nobody's ever ready for it. it's fine. Um, it's you're not judged on. It's not like you get points at the end of this, and then you know, towards, you know fine. I guess. Like, so, what is your favorite audio book of all time? My favorite audio book of all time would have to be. I would say, oh my gosh, I had it and lost it. Damn it. That's me. I know. I, I, I lost That's me I really the entire lost. time I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say that that looks familiar. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't uh-huh. even remember what it was called. Anyway. Oh, uh, Iron Druid. Iron Druid. Very cool. Why is that your favorite? Well, first off, because one, it's fantasy. Uh, two, because they're, the actor that read it was so good, I forgot I was even listening to it. Uh, many times I, forget, I felt like I was in it. 
and three because of the fact it brings in so much mythology and uh into the story and it's really really good very cool what is an audiobook that you were like hmm, hmm. <laughs> oh sweetie there's way too many to even say there's just i uh, what is something that will throw you like the drive yeah because you, you're a narrator so yeah. you know the technical mm -hmm. side you know all of that so what are some things that you go are you effing kidding me? Like, why didn't you fix this? So what are some issues with that? Breath sounds annoying, mm -hmm. even though it's a trend. Um, timing, the, the, just the, the cadence of the way they're reading. If it's off by like even a, 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 a split second, it drives me nuts because when you're narrating you have to be on a specific cadence on a lot of different parts uh, uh, on your narrations okay. that's what gets you that into the scene if that cadence is off even with just timing it drives me nuts and i'll stop it doesn't matter if i've been in it for like a second or five minutes okay um do you leave reviews on audiobooks that you listen to yes i do Okay. Oh, do you read? Um, do you read uh, your reviews for audiobooks you produce? I have <laughs> main reason oh, why one uh -huh. one I haven't done that many, so I'm still waiting for at least one guy to put it up so I can even look at it. Okay. And two because. I'm too judgmental about myself. Hmm. I will. So you don't need help myself. from anybody else. I don't need anybody. Yeah, I don't need any help from anybody else. As long as I feel comfortable with it and the author feels comfortable about it, I don't need anybody else. Yeah, I'm good. Especially here. Here's the other thing. If my wife likes it, even before I even put it out, if my wife likes it, then it's going to be good. If she doesn't like it, I will come right back and I'll re-record -re something. I will re-record -re the entire thing if I have to. That's wow. interesting. So is she like sort of a little bit of your QC? She is. She is not only my QC, she is my muse. Um, because when I do my my own writing, I have her read it first before I even go in further. Because if I have a certain viewpoint on something, if she looks at it and it's like, this doesn't make sense, or you've done way too much here and too little here, I'll even have my teenager actually read it because he's autistic and he's extremely blunt both of them are so they're the hardest people that i know and they are the most critical people i know oh you got to have those people in your life because it's yeah. fine when everybody goes oh this is so good no Versus i want to know that we're like what the hell were you thinking <laughs> <laughs> they don't even get to that point it's like just redo it just redo it right now what i need to know everything all right fine you know oh, what I've always wanted to ask a narrator, because this drives me crazy when I'm listening to audiobooks. If yes. you pick up a series midway, yeah. do you go back and listen to whoever recorded it before to make sure you have pronunciations correct and stuff? Do you listen to the person before to be like, oh, this person had an English accent when they recorded this character. I should pick up the English accent. Or like, do you listen to before just to make sure you have the mm -hmm. same feel? Or do you just go, now I'm doing my own thing? 
I try to be as close as possible to the previous author because one major reason why is because as a reader, if I know that there's been a different author or different narrator, I want to make sure that I'm at least hearing the same thing here, feeling it. Like um, if you listen to a lot of the old time radio, like I do, like uh, for instance, uh, Philip Marlowe, Adventures of Philip Marlowe as an old uh, detective, uh, horrible detective uh, series. There were like five different actors who played Philip Marlowe. But even though I noticed the different tones, the, I, I could legitimately say, yes, this is a different actor because one, they're telling me, two, I can hear it. But they kept the same tone, they kept the same uh, cadence, they kept the same personality. When you can do it that way, then it makes a lot. It makes it easier for people to say, "Yes, I'm going to continue this." Or it'll be one of those points that, like, if one actor did really good on the first one, and the second one did it a different way, that readers ninety percent of the time are going to say, "I'm not even going to do it. Nope, I don't like it." If this guy is the same one, is going to be doing it, I'm not touching. Well, and I think that's something that um, doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot is that. Um, it's not only the story. You can love the story, but if you don't love the voice of the actor, it doesn't matter if you love the story or not, because that can throw you out. And some people um, very much follow people who write um, uh, or read certain books, even regardless of what they're reading. They're like, I want to listen to this person read. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely just keep following that person's voice. And I, you know, I listen to a lot of books because I do a lot of driving. Yeah. So when listening to books, it's very interesting because I'll listen and I'll be like, oh, this person's the person that read this other book that I loved. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because my boyfriend will listen with me sometimes. He doesn't listen nearly as much as I do. And he will be like, isn't that the person that read Blah? And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. Because, you know, you do. You follow the, the narrators as well. Yes. Okay. Um, my next question is, if you could be any mythical or fantastical creature, what would you be and why? Mm. I'd be a changeling. Okay. Why? Nope because now here's the here's the difference i'm not talking about the the scandinavian the irish uh the the celtic mythology of the changeling because they're really tiny and they're ugly as can be and they're mostly just babies um i'm talking about like the D, &D changeling okay humanoid because that's Dungeons and Dragons for everybody who's listening. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I have to Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I believe, because I love these, one, they're able to really be a different person. They're able to live a different life and get away with it. Now, would I be mischievous? Sometimes, probably, but nothing that would be destructive to somebody's life. It's not like I'm going to kill somebody unless I'm an assassin, then I'm just going to do that and take over their life. And that's the end of that. But if I'm going to be the good guy, I'm going to use it to and just have fun with people, uh, maybe get into places that I shouldn't be in just to enjoy it. Um, but I'm also going to really enjoy just having the different personality and 
way of life, way of thinking, because it's just theater to me. But I will definitely have to do, uh, have a, create a diary of like my entire story so I know who I actually am. I was going to say, I wonder if you would lose yourself at some point if you're not careful about that. Well, I've thought about that because I actually have a short story that I'm still working on, by the way, mm -hmm. um, of a character named is Fiona, and she is a changeling um, who is trying to find, um, find out who uh, was trying to kill all of the uh, Viscounts within this world uh, using a plant that's not of this world. And she is a changeling and the story, I actually have it to where she's writing a, a uh, diary of her family's lineage so that she understands who she is and where she came from. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. Danielle, my friend. Okay. So Maccabee, you have to prove you're going to come face to face with one of these three creatures. Okay. Which one do you pick and why? Okay. A UFO alien, okay. the Loch Ness monster. Okay. Or Bigfoot. I'm going to go with Bigfoot. One, oh, I know you wanted me to go with the Loch Ness Monster. I know you wanted me to go with Bessie. Yeah, I know she did. I know. Here's the reason why, okay? Just uh -huh. hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. One, I don't like heights, so I'm definitely not going to be doing the space thing. I hate heights. Okay, fair. Um, fair. Loch Ness Monster. She's cool and everything. Mm -hmm. but I don't like to be in the water that much. <laughs> so as, as my feet are on the ground, I'm good. It'd be kind of cool okay. to meet her, but Bigfoot okay. just because it, he, humanoid, it's a lot easier to deal with than a dinosaur. And yeah. for the record, Loch Ness, I don't think it's just one. I'm going to throw that out there. But there's I multiples. think it's yeah. one. You yeah. know what I mean? I think there's been variants to her. Over the years, I think it's yeah, a wormhole. <laughs> you think it was that log? I think it's a wormhole, and we're seeing the reflection of the past. And nasty. All right, never mind. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Never mind. It's like a book that you need to write. That's that's what that sounds like. It's Leviathan. Okay. That's all it is. Leviathan. Yeah. My reflections. So what is your favorite book? And you have to have read it. I now have to say that because I had somebody on the show that was mm. like, I like this one. I'm like, did you read the book? And they're like, no. And I was like, it doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, favorite book to movie or TV series that you oh, think they yeah. did very well with it? Nero Wolf. There Which one? Nero Wolf, N-E-R-O, Wolf. Oh. Um, it was uh, done back in the... 30s and 40s uh he is a he is a um a detective who has very expensive tastes loves his orchids he's a big guy especially during that time and you know his his sidekick his oh, excuse me his secretary his male secretary uh is just street oriented um there's such a, a contrast between the characters the way they act the way they react to certain things the stories themselves and there was a there was two variations to it um movie or 
TV wise. Uh, there was one that was done in a movie. It was okay back in the back in the forties and fifties, I think. Uh, but there was a Canadian TV series that they did back in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, I think it was early nineties. And the actors did such an amazing job with it. I felt literally like I was just reading it again. Wow. Yes. Very cool. Um, what about where they did a terrible job? Ooh, there's so many of those. There's way too many of those. Uh, um, if I had to say... Like one that just got you. You were like, what did you do? Oh, man, there's too many. Um, oh, God. I would say... I would have to say the Twilight series. It was... You didn't like what they did with that? I, I The actors did a great job. Don't get me wrong because I look at it from both points of views. I look look at it from the script and the literary point, but I also look at it from the actors. Actors did a great job for what they, they were doing, except for the lead. I couldn't deal with Kirsten. Um, but there was a lot of things that the way that she wrote in the book that was so much better than what they presented. That's just an example of one that I would say. Um, People are going to hate me, but the Harry Potter series, honestly. Because, oh, wow. Yeah. I've never read I, it. It's, she did a lot better explaining things and making you really feel more for the characters, especially if they died, um, comparative to what was presented in the script for the movies. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, you'll get hate mail um, later. I know I will. Shameless self-promotion, and you can figure out where to send him. Authors, <laughs> that's fine. Hey, I didn't say um, I didn't like the characters. I didn't say I didn't like the books. I just didn't like that. And you know, there's another one. I will say it again, real quick. Um, Hunter Hunger Games. See, I actually I've heard that both of those, and it's interesting because one of the other co-hosts, Chelsea brings up the fact that she looks at all um, movies and TV shows as sort of fan fiction of the books. Uh -huh. You yes. will never get the story that's in the books completely in a movie. Even yeah, though like, they tried to do miniseries with some of the books, it's still not enough. You oh. almost have to do like epic series, like a Stranger Things kind of thing, five uh -huh. seasons, and you might get a book yeah. in five seasons, maybe, yeah. if you're lucky, right? Yeah. Um, but I think what is interesting is um, when you when you look at uh, Harry Potter, besides when they added a scene that wasn't even in the book, yeah. there's of course <laughs> many, many layers, especially as those books went from like here to like here, right? Mm -hmm. But they stick, one thing I give them credit for, except for the people that actually legitimately passed away in real life, they kept the same characters, which was yes. nice. So there was consistency. Yes. It was a good story. It did tell some of the stories. It's just, there's only so much you can get out of a book into a yep. movie. Exactly. Hunger Games, I felt like they did a pretty good job because you're never going to get that whole political thing, which is what the books were about. The yes, class absolutely. system really communicated and again without enough room because you figure a script you know as an actor's script yeah. is maybe 120 pages maybe without 
you know, a lot of action scenes yeah, on the page is action scene. But when we're talking about 120 pages, not 120 pages of a book. It's like less than a quarter of a page of a book, yeah. you know? So you're taking a book that may be 300 pages long and you're getting maybe, if you spread that all out, 30 pages. Exactly. 10%. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with all of that. And that's why <coughs> this is a trick question and you know it. Um, <laughs> setting me up. You're so horrible. Uh, I set everybody up. That's part exactly. of my goal. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's a great question. Um, because even look at Stephen, uh, Stephen King books. Everybody says the exact same thing. Stephen King books are so much better than they actually are in the movies because yeah. of all the details and how he develops the characters and you see them being developed more than what an actor can do within the time frame that they have. It's, yeah. What I've, what I've yeah. learned though in, in writing my script and now it being judged in, um, in contests is mm -hmm. exposition is the problem when you, exactly. when you take it from book to script mm -hmm. is exposition. And that's why in a lot of these uh, movies, all of a sudden you have a character, you're like, that character's introduced later, or that one never yep. showed up. Like, who's this? And a lot oh, of yeah. times it's because we the information still has to get to the audience, Yeah. but it was exposition in the book. Now we've got to do it differently. How do we do it? And that's where a lot of that comes from. And um, I actually met with the gentleman who greenlit Hunger Games. It was one of the last things he did before he left the studio and we we had a meeting and he said he was like i'm the one who actually greenlit hunger games like we were having this whole thing and um the author for the hunger games had a lot to do with it but at some point they cut the author off the yeah. authors they're like you got nothing to do with this script now because yeah. if it's up to the author we want everything and it's like no 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 you can't cut that one out because we need that no 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 you can't cut this out because we and exactly. the studio literally cuts them off and it's like no 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 because when you're writing the script you have to show reason to be in the writer's room and if you did not write the first draft that was accepted by the studio the author has nothing to do with that exactly. it's given so it's so hard because mm -hmm. unless you're someone um like deborah harkness when she did uh discovery of witches yeah she gave a certain percentage back to the production mm -hmm. in order to get involved yeah and that's a great thing when you can actually have the app the author there the entire time and you a lot of times they don't want it there. yeah well, i know that's the problem that's why a lot of these these stories do not really glide uh fade in properly or blend in easily with the the uh the movie or the tv mm -hmm. series it's because of the fact that Hollywood is trying to save a certain amount of money. They're trying to hit it at a certain point. There's a lot of little details, a lot of big details that actually make an impact on the movie. It could be a great script. It could be a great story. But it, when money's involved and time's involved, there's, and greed, mm -hmm. definitely greed, then you could, that story is just going to be shot. You're not going yep. to have the the great development of characters, which people are not going to connect with. You're not going to have a great story told because you're cutting every little thing that most important parts of that 
And that's mm -hmm. where a, a lot of that, the scripters are so important because they have to be in talks with the author at all times to figure out when it's going to work and when it's not. Well, so fun story, and I'm, I've learned this from several people in the industry. There's two parts of this, and is that one is um, if you get excited, kind of like what we talked about before in the previous podcast, you get excited about something and you're like, somebody wants to option my thing. I'm signing away. Um, um, what, what do they want to option it for? Like, you, you know, the fact of the matter is several studios option books so they don't compete with <coughs> other shows or series they're doing. Yeah. Like I got to yeah. get this off the market so it doesn't beat out what that I'm doing. Yep. Another thing is authors get really excited. They just sign away the rights and they don't know because unfortunately a lot of people at the studio are presented with an idea. Hey, there's this thing. Maybe an intern read the book or parts of the book or whatever, <laughs> but <clears throat> the person who's handed the script to re write the script, I found out a lot of them, especially if they're burden insurance for studios, maybe read the back cover. Yeah. That's it. They don't actually necessarily read the book or mm -hmm. talk to the author. They just write the script, but the author has given away all of their rights to be a part of it at all. And yes. as hard as it is, you have to decide because Stephen King is a great example where, where yeah. he was like, I don't care. Like he didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? A lot. Now, then you ask him what he thought of it and sleepwalkers and he'll be like, it's a terrible fucking movie, but they paid him dollar bills, y'all, to do whatever the hell they wanted to with it. He didn't have input on it. And I think you have to decide as an author which way you want to go. And as a fan, you can't get mad at the author for which direction they wanted to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. It, yeah. And there are some authors, we talked about interviewing, that I would never want. I've been on a set. I've done acting. You've been on a set. There are authors I would never in a million years want on a set with me telling me yeah. stuff. Like, you know, when I heard a person who I, I don't think should have nearly the notoriety they do, but I would love to, EL, mm. you know, James, mm -hmm. um, was on the set the whole time. I would have shot myself in the face. Like, seriously, yeah. that would have been so annoying to me because yeah. you're getting into all the specifics. So it's one thing. Like, where is the level of interest? And then where is somebody creating something to show your story mm -hmm. that maybe you're, you're not going to love it because you love all these characters, but there are some characters like, again, you get 10% of your book in a movie. What 10% do you want to tell? And what 10% is the studio interested in telling? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's why looking at contracts is so important before you even sign anything. Having someone you trust that's a lawyer that knows contracts and can layman term literally everything that you don't understand about it is so important. Here's another thing. There is a gentleman that I just recently uh, was introduced to. His name is Mark W. Travis. And he was, he was an actor during the uh, late 70s, early 80s. He's been a director on multiple things. He's been a writer and he's been consulted on multiple things as well, but he's also a teacher. And one of the things that he has presented to him right now is he has a technique called the interrogation technique. And he, one of the things he always tells people is, especially actors, and he's doing this for writers too, is that when you're creating a character, if you're playing a character, don't 
you're not acting. The character's already in you. I we just need to figure out. You just need to figure out how to get out of its way so that the character can come out. And he he's got a video up on uh, on YouTube and everything. Everybody who's in the publishing world and the in the acting industry, every anybody who really enjoys character development or just just telling stories needs to go watch this it's free he's got a, a seminar coming up uh next month i think but there are a lot of things like if you are getting in the way of the of the character or your personality your uh beliefs your ideologies getting way in that character you're never going to have a great character you're never going to have a great story and it's just going to be going downhill from there i agree a thousand percent okay uh, what is your favorite weird food combination? Hmm. I don't think. Well, I really he's thinking have about it. Danielle. I want you to come up with the final question. What weird food? Come on. We all a have weird them. food. A weird food. Um, combination. Oh Stuff you eat together that most people would never eat together, but you love. Honestly, I really don't have anything strange, to be fair. I'm, I'm really- One of those variants has got to have one. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, okay. I was about to say, it's there somewhere. It's something that you're like, doesn't everybody eat this? And then you tell people and people are like, no. Honestly, no. I've never had it. If I had to say something, um, I would I would be more towards my son and my wife. And that would be- Pickle juice and nachos. Oh, okay, yeah, that counts. That counts. <laughs> that counts. That that is something that they enjoy so much, but especially my wife. But, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> you win. Yeah. Okay, that's yep. that's that's something. You win. Okay, Danielle, in that. Now that you're sufficiently grossed out, you got to ask the final question, my friend. What is your spirit animal? My spirit animal is a wolf. Why? Because. And what kind of wolf? Because there's a bunch of wolves. It's, it's a wolf white camp. timber wolf. Oh, it's foxes, sorry. It's a white, white timber, timber wolf. Um, because of multiple things. One, they, they don't work by themselves. They okay. always have a pack to work with. They all know what role they're playing and they know what they're supposed to do. Two, they are great teachers and they support one another. And three, they rely a lot more on logic than they do feeling. However, certain things can obviously allow them to be more savage than other things. So I would definitely say the white timberwolf. I like it. Very mystical. Very mystical. Like okay. It. Shameless self-promotion time. Head over to MacGriffinVO.com, M-A-C-K-G-R-I-F-F-I-N, V as in Victor, O as in Oscar.com. You can hear all of my voiceover samples. You can learn a little bit more about the podcast that I have, and I'll say that in a minute. And third, you can actually read some samples of my writing. So if you're an author, a script writer, a creative writer who just wants to tell a great story, but you need help with characters or come up with... Um, narratives and uh, narrative inspiration 
for instance, uh, historical events in your world or to just create some type of mythology or lore for your new fantasy, uh, fantasy story, then come on in. I will be happy to talk to you, help coach you, be, help you to get inspired and just be an ear if anything. You can also go to beyondthepenpodcast.com and listen to all the uh, wonderful authors like Danielle, who has been on our show and learn about their books, look, learn about them most of all, and then learn about the story behind the story, because that's the most important thing, that little area between the ink and the paper. Wonderful. So this has been amazing having you as our first narrator ever on Drinking With Authors. Thank you so much for being the guinea pig. Just kidding. Being the first. <laughs> it has been awesome. This has been Drinking With Authors, the literary briefs, briefs edition words. It's fine. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My amazing co-host has been Danielle Orsino. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and you just listen to a whole podcast. You should review us and tell us what you think, or you watched it, which is even better because you get to see the junk in the background since I had to switch computers. And our sponsor is Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Almost 12 years old. Davy Jones was it for me. <laughs> I was having problems dancing and tambourining. I got overzealous <laughs> and overly excited. Like we've had our own little version of Monkey Mania 50 years later, which is just crazy. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.